0: Tito's and Shiner Gonna be an all-nighter And I just might find her At the burger line Dance hall But I think that might be the most pretentious Might be the, the <laughs> utmost Howdy, howdy, howdy Howdy, howdy, howdy everybody Welcome back to another episode of Tex-ish the show about some things Texas and some things not. We have a super super awesome conversation in store for y'all with our wonderful guest Mitch Ammons, which amazing, we'll get to amazing amazing person, super amazing. We actually are probably gonna hang out with him mm-hmm. within the next couple of days. Just I hope so. hit it off in this interview. It was re- he was really gracious with his time, especially in the midst of a pretty big marathon training yeah. block. Which he's going at it, man. We already kind of knew, but we really learned how much time and energy. That really takes, we'll get to Mitch and the rest of the interview here in a second. But first, as always, our not sponsors. Who are we not sponsored by today? Today, we are not sponsored by Chewy's Tex-Mex Restaurant. Are you feeling light and agile? Do you just feel really good, but really want to ruin it? Chewy's Tex-Mex, come with some friends, drink a margarita that's made in a bird bath. Run out of chips? Don't worry, we'll dump more right into your face. Whether you want or not. And just when you think you're too full of chips and margs, we're going to take your order. Would you like a burrito smothered in queso? Or perhaps a bigger burrito smothered in more queso? Chewy's Tex-Mex, for people who feel good but want to feel bad. Chewy's (laughs) Tex-Mex. Our other not sponsor today is the Texas Department of Transportation. We really want to thank you for your wonderful work on the roads. They're not bad at all. I have zero problems getting anywhere. It's amazing. I really <laughs> just want to shout out our not sponsor, the Texas DOT. Y'all are doing a great job. Text Dot, we fix roads sometimes. Occasionally. <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. You'll get there someday. Text Dot, we run on Hawaiian time. We'll get there when we get there. (laughs) Text dot. Want to go to Dallas? No, you don't. (laughs) What happened on a moment in Texas history? And again, as always, shout out. Thank you to our not sponsors. Thank you to our not sponsors. Once upon a time in Texas history, (laughs) Cynthia Rodriguez was minding her own business. She got a little hungry one day and she thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a granola bar. So she takes her time walking down beautiful Riverwalk in San Antonio, stops into a convenience store, and decides on a General Mills, you know, just healthy, overall nutritious granola bar. Now, something about this granola bar seemed a little off from the beginning once she got back to her car. She opens it and discovers a bag of white powder. Thinking she'd won a prize, she calls General Mills, saying, "What? What is this wonderful prize?" And they say, "No, call the police." <laughs> Cynthia, you have found a bag of cocaine in your granola bar. Oh my gosh! So <laughs> on March 18th, uh, this woman, Cynthia Rodriguez, finds a uh, like <laughs> like a little baggie of cocaine instead of a granola bar. They they process it, like they they trace it. The the bar was sealed, like. They have no idea how the cocaine got into this granola bar. Okay. And I'm just thinking, you know, thank God she didn't just go for it. Yeah. Right? Exactly. I mean, thank God it ended up in the right hands. <laughs> <That> guy, right? <laughs> right? All I'm saying is they could have priced that granola bar a little bit. It's just a little bit <laughs> Why higher? is this granola bar $100? Don't worry about also, it. Also, shout out to her for being a humble person because right? far more greedy people would have just flipped that on the streets for. Mm hmm. For whatever it is, for however much you can sell it for. Also, I'm Which, glad it wasn't yeah. me because I probably would have thought I could sell this, and then I would have gone to the streets and had no idea what I was doing, mm-hmm. and it would have ended poorly. It would have ended very badly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who is our small town of the week, Seth? I am. I'm gonna introduce this one uh, like this: Knock, knock. Who's there? Ding dong. Ding Dong, Texas. Ding Dong, Texas? Ding Dong, Texas is an unincorporated township in Bell County. Bell County? Yeah, so check it out. In the early 1930s, a guy named Zulius Bell and his nephew, Burt Bell, operated a country store uh, near the Lampasas River. They hired this artist to do their sign. Okay. And he did uh, one bell with the with Zulius uh, and one bell with Burt, like as, as an artistic sign. And so people who frequented the store as the county kind of grew just started calling the town Ding Dong. Because of, <laughs> of the bells? Because of the bells. And uh, this is one of those communities that's often noted in, like, places with weird names. Places with just crazy names. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's it. Like, it's near Lampasas. Um, it's not too far from Colleen Is that? Yeah. It's not too far, for, eight miles south of Killeen. Uh, so relatively like Relatively close relatively to Austin Relatively close Austin But I just love that there's a town out there called Ding Dong That, that makes wild. me so happy Do you know if the Does it say if the convenience store is still open? It did not say But I assume it is well, We might need I to take a trip out may, there We may have to do a, a Texas Goes very soon A Texas Goes Texas Goes Ding Donging. <laughs> we gotta go Ding Dong Ditchin', ditchin'. <laughs> <laughs> Just a couple of Ding Dongs a couple of Ding Dongs Hanging We're out Riding around Doing our thing In Ding Dong So let me ask you something man What's up? Mitch is a real badass Mitch is seriously a true badass. So who's our other badass for the so day? So our other badass for the week, because again, Mitch truly is a badass, truly. and I can't wait for you guys to hear his story here in a second, but our badass of the week, in, lo- in line with, right now it's September 17th, the Texas Barbecue Festival is going down here in Austin next week. October will be Texas Barbecue Month for Texas Monthly. Mm -hmm. So, in lieu of that, our Badass of the Week is one of the original Texas Pitmasters whose story might surprise you. Etta Randall was a... Wait, do you know who she is? I, I've watched a lot of, like, Food Network. <laughs> okay, gotcha. So, Edna Randall is originally from East Texas, but during the oil boom of the 20s, she moved to Borger, Texas, where she was trying to start a business, run her own thing, mm-hmm. and to just... Come out and say it. She was a black woman trying mm-hmm. to pioneer her own business mm-hmm. in the early twenties. Not a very easy thing to do. I was going to say, I bet that was really easy. Back oh, I'm in sure. Day. I'm sure. Know, I'm sure there were no hangups. There were no. Loo- there were no hoops to jump through. Yeah. There was no. I'm bigotry. sure nothing was unnecessarily difficult. I'm, I'm sure, sure everything was by the book. I'm sure the trip to Borger itself mm-hmm. was yeah. safe without consequence. Well, man. in spite of that, <laughs> Edda Randall does go down in history as right. one of the not just original pitmasters of Texas yeah one of the originators of Texas style barbecue interesting yeah and yeah. one of the original owners of a barbecue restaurant so, just a little excerpt from an article that was written about her in Texas Monthly a couple years ago. To start, Etta ran a laundry service as she had in Min- Mineola. Later, she found a job at a hotel, and then she met her second husband S. E. White, a carpenter at the Rex Theater on Main Street, which by that point was a bustling enough to be known locally as the White Way. Together, they worked and raised their daughter, Lavada, socking away money in the dirt. Literally. And here's a quote from Etta. My husband and I would take our daily earnings, put them in a big tin can, and bury them in the ground inside our tent she recalled by 1934 they had saved up enough to open their own business a barbecue joint in Borger Texas that they called White Way Barbecue but everyone who remembers it now just calls it Edda's. which is really cool I think it's really think cool it's that really cool, yeah. in, in history it actually just goes down as that that was Edda's place mm-hmm. so indeed advertisements for Edda White's barbecue stands started to appear in the Borger Daily Herald in 1938 she and Se ran the place with the help of their daughters, who had followed her mother and her sister to Borger a few years earlier. Um, and, yeah, there's another quote here that I really like. But there was no doubt who seemed to be in charge. And here's a quote from her daughter. Mother attended to the cooking and fire, as she recalled. White Way Barbecue finally made it into Borger's printed business directory in 1941. And Etta would later add Southern-style fried chicken to the menu. And, yeah, just I think that's just a really yet another cool person to highlight as Absolutely. far as going into barbecue month, going into yeah. highlighting all these different wonderful things that yes have popped up. and we give a lot uh, of credit where credit is due it, it yeah. was a Czech and german style mm-hmm. cooking over fire yes. slow cooking lots of sausage lots of like time yes but that's not the this- only place where that started and again like the the originating of texas mm-hmm. style barbecue which is gonna be mo- you know salt and pepper not a lot else heavy focus on brisket yes um which was technically the scrap meat, and yeah, I think that's something that we sort of look over now because it's such a precious yeah. commodity in a way. There's yeah. that just liquid gold fat mm-hmm. in the brisket, the way you cook yeah. it. But there's a rea- reality that brisket was used at a place like Etta's because that was the throwaway meat. Right. That was... Well, and that's so common among history. Mm-hmm. Is like these things that we now treasure are usually things that used to be cast-offs. Yeah. Like lobster used to be like peasant food, really? Yeah, yeah, the yeah <laughs> people people would eat it. That's wild. Yeah, like they would throw them away. Like it, like they were. Yeah. It's so hard to they're imagine. They were considered that garbage now. catch. That is yeah. absolutely like just bottom feeders, basically. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Dang, hey, I, I'm sure there's a reason. I can't remember why, but yeah, they they would just like throw them away. And like again, these these things that we love, ribs, mm-hmm. you know, brisket. They're so tough and they take so long to cook that. When time was such a precious commodity, and like things like that, things like that just didn't sell. Yeah, you know. Um,
2: but exactly. yeah, perceptions so, change,
0: and I'm so glad they do. Yeah, so, so thank you, Etta. Thank you, Etta. And I just, it's so cool to read. We'll share her Texas Monthly article because it does a good overview of her life and her legacy. But not just an originator of Texas barbecue, mm-hmm. the style yeah. and the cooking, a black woman, yeah, in the 20s and 30s. Moving on her own. Mm-hmm. Starting her own business. Working her way, starting and owning mm-hmm. her own business. Pioneering the modern savings account. <laughs> Literally. Just as we sort of jokingly but seriously said, there's no way that was easy. There's no way that was easy. I, My life is so easy compared to at mm-hmm. a Randall. The hardest and day of my life isn't even close to like... A normal day. Yeah, for her. especially when you think cooking barbecue itself is hard. Dude, it's hard work. It's you're, hard to do that you're well. Up at four a.m., you're asleep. At it's hot. Ten. It's hot. Like it is hot, blazing later. hot, you are sweating the yeah. whole time. But by, by the time people are eating your food, you've right. already been cooking it Fruit. for six or seven yeah, hours at the least, at least, and tending to the fire, mm-hmm. making sure everything's perfect. Yeah. So, Ed Randall, we salute you. We appreciate you. We highlight you. Go check out her Texas Monthly article, Google it, we'll send it out in our Instagram and our socials as well. And now, the moment you're all probably waiting for, our interview with Mitch Ammons amateur slash professional slash elite runner sponsored by bear performance nutrition going for the olympic trials marathon qualifier at the chicago marathon at the end of september beginning of october we'll make sure to correct those dates when we post strong. everything he's gonna do it he's feeling strong he's feeling good again he was so gracious with his time uh, at one point we think his meal alarm went off and he ignored it yeah. hung out with us Really good, dude. So, Mish, if you're listening, thank you so much. We're so excited and privileged to share your story. Without further ado, Mitch Ammons, everybody. Mitch Ammons, everybody. All right, y'all. Howdy, and welcome to another fantastic, exciting interview here on the Tex-ish podcast, the show about some things Texas and some things not. And this is one of the kind of some things not sections. I am super excited for this guest in particular. Mitch is an elite runner based here in Austin, sponsored by Bear Performance Nutrition. Not sponsored by Nike, but looks good in the Nike. Probably the best hair in the running game. Best hair in the running game by far. And he has an incredible story that I have followed via social media. I'm super excited to share it here on the pod. Mitch, thanks so much for taking the time in the midst of marathon training to come sit with some strangers and just talk to us for a little bit.
2: Yeah, sounds good. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, (laughs) man.
0: Um, So you're here in Austin now, very embedded in the running community, but it's been a journey to get here from what i've seen can you give us just a little background as far as where you're from childhood in dallas and like kind of begin to tell your your story just into drug addiction and out of it
2: sure yeah i uh i grew up in dallas um dallas proper and uh i played sports in high school um mom and dad were great supportive Mm -hmm. and uh Played sports in high school, I guess, around my junior, end of my junior year. Um, I ran track. Okay. Um, played football. But end of my junior year, I kind of started to, like, distance myself from, from sports and um, kind of wanted to party all the time. I still played football, but it was, like, kind of half and. Gotcha. Um, I, I definitely, like, what I was looking for was, like, to party uh that was in quotation marks and uh <laughs> i wasn't i was a big mess starting pretty early really um, but yeah and that that i held it together for a while but mm-hmm. uh it, it went downhill once once a certain point hit and it yeah. went downhill fast yeah
0: gotcha and were you were you pretty fast when you were doing football and doing track like did you know that being an yeah, elite I, runner one day was on the horizon yeah, that's or a what? good
2: question i uh in eighth grade, I was the, um, ath- I, I got these awards at the end of track season, Athlete of the Year, and then we had like, we didn't have like district and state, we had like city meet. Okay. Um, and it was all like, I went to a Catholic school, it was all like the Dallas parochial schools, and gotcha. I got Athlete of the Year and um, Athlete of the, what was it, um, <clears throat> the city meet MVP, just based off of like points throughout the season and points throughout the city meet. And, um, yeah, I broke, I broke a five minute mile in the eighth grade. Holy crap. Wow. Which was like, yeah, I mean, back then, now kids are running so right. fast. Well, they're right, on steroids was, and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's something in the water. Uh, right. Yeah. They don't know what yeah, they're Yeah, the, the hormones or whatever. Yeah. yeah, are yeah. Um, <laughs> they were making I broke five minutes in the mile in the eighth grade, and that wow. was like, kind of like a big deal. Like, I had high school coaches reaching out to me and, um... I actually was like, my whole plan was to go to Jesuit High
0: School, which was the that's the big all guys high school, like right,
2: literally right next door to the elementary school that I went to. Um, But I, I had met some friends that were just like the coolest dudes around, like a couple of them from other schools, and we just were like the bad boys <laughs> <laughs> we would meet at the jesuit football games mm-hmm. and like they we'd bring cigarettes and like Ooh. And so this it started early like i okay. knew i knew what i wanted to be because i yeah. these a couple of these friends have. they're still cool thing is they're still my my best friends today like okay, three yeah. of them kind of four of them one of some of them i don't really talk to as much one of them lives here in austin two of them live here in austin one of them i see that practically every day okay um but we would smoke cigarettes, and then I, you know, even the one of them I was gonna say, one of them had an older brother, and they were kind of the bad boys, and yeah, like, and we all knew we wanted to be like that. Okay, yeah. um, I never knew where it was actually gonna take me and how much worse I was gonna get, but like I had this idea in my head early on, and um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I was I was good at sports. I was good at football. Um, I was fast. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, it, the mi- most milers don't, but when you're young and yeah. like, freshman, sophomore in high school. You can get away with being kind of skinny and uh, mm-hmm. and um, being good at football as long as you're fast. And yeah, I, was, I, was I fast, mean, if you're yeah.
0: running a sub five mile, <laughs> you're probably running a 4.940. nine forty. Like. Yeah.
2: So and, uh, let me just. My whole point of that story was I did not get into Jesuit because okay. me and literally the four of us, mm-hmm. one of them went to one of the one of our friends went to Jesuit, so but. The two that went to my <laughs> elementary school, me and this other guy, we did not get in. We were like one of... There were three of us out of all the guys that applied to the Jesuit high school that didn't get in. Okay. Gotcha. So we went to Bishop Lynch, which honestly was amazing. I loved Bishop yeah. Lynch High School. Okay. Um, it was like the co-ed school. It was a ways away. It was far away. Mm-hmm. And Jesuit was like literally two seconds away. But it was great. <laughs> I, uh, and I did well in football at Jesuit. I mean at uh, Bishop Lynch. My coaches were the coolest people I'd ever seen. Um, I did well until my junior year. I actually got kicked out of that school at the beginning of my junior year for okay. drugs. And um, I went to a public school in our neighborhood, and it was it was not the... It wasn't a bad neighborhood, but the school was pretty... It was... Um, like on the edge. There was a little bit of that. Kind of seedy. Yeah, I mean, it's Dallas. Yeah. Independent yeah. school district. Absolutely. So, uh, and I went there, and... Um, I wouldn't say culture shock, but it was very different than this yeah. private Catholic school. That like, uniform, to. Yeah. everyday Yeah, yeah, so style. it was different, and I liked it, and I could get away with things, and I could smoke weed every day before school, during mm. school, after school. Um, that was huge. We started smoking weed pretty young. We started drinking even younger, eighth grade. You know, we had this mm. guy, the beer man. He was, like, <laughs> he was a mailman that we could call... Yeah. I don't know, we was passed down from my good friend's brother, and we gotcha. would call him, and any hour of the night, he would, like, stock up on, oh, like, Smirnoff, wow. and yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Colt 45, and <laughs> ridiculous cigarettes, and he'd bring it to right. us at, like, 2 in the morning, or yeah. 3 oh, in the morning, gosh. yeah, yeah, and it was uh, it was a good time. Just doing the Lord's work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, this guy. But, uh, yeah, so we, um, I went to Bishop Lynch, did well in sports, got kicked out. Went to WTY. Still played football.
1: Mm-hmm. Had
2: fun. It was a it was a whole other level of football there. Really, I, I'll say that yeah. Like Dallas, yeah. Dallas I S D was, it was really cool. Um, played with some pretty good guys. Not necessarily our team, but like against other teams. Yeah. Right. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and um, but I was hev- heavily into drinking and smoking and cocaine and pills at this point. Probably sure. sophomore, junior years okay. when all that stuff happened. Yeah. Right. And had.
0: How- I mean, that's, is that pretty young or is that normal as far as once cocaine and pills? Man, I thought it was very normal. Uh, But, were there, because the people around you were doing it as well? Yeah, I mean, yeah, Yeah, yeah. my group of like degenerate friends, we all
2: did it, and so I thought everyone's doing it. Right. Looking back, I'm like, these kids don't do... I mean, you know, maybe, like, a few of them, but, like, I don't think this is normal.
0: Yeah. But it was Um, normal for you. It was normal for me,
2: and I loved it, and it was great. In high school, it was great. Mm -hmm. Hardly any... um, Aside from getting kicked out of school and, like, some small run-ins with the law, I mean, you're young, you don't really get in trouble. You get in trouble with your parents. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is just a slap on the wrist. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, No real consequences, and I think that was a big problem for me, and this will come up later of, like, no consequences. Sure. Uh, That was way more of that a was kind of a I, yeah, oh yeah, yeah 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 um but yeah I, gra- I graduated from there and i went to school at the university of arkansas and um after my first semester it got real i was going to take a break from drinking because okay. i was drinking a lot my senior year of high school i drank almost every day after school wow. i had a girlfriend that we liked to drink vodka after mm-hmm. school in my car and just get and, wasted and yeah. have yeah. fun yeah, yeah <laughs> it was yeah. ridiculous yeah, yeah. um but yeah, I went to the University of Arkansas, which is where I discovered opiates. I was actually trying to tame my drinking, and I had a roommate that was like, "Man, these are like super chill." I had never really experimented with opiates. I had right. always been like a like I'll take pills that will like keep me level, and then I want to do cocaine all night because um, that'll
0: get me into another right. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and
2: so I uh, I um, tried these opiates, and man, they were amazing. They were. The answer to every problem that I ever had mm-hmm. my whole life, um, <clears throat> it was I could sit on the couch, I could go to a bo- I could go anywhere and just be so comfortable, so chill, and feel good. Um, it started with oxycontin, um, mm-hmm. but quickly. That turned into heroin, and actually, you know, it, it got, it got, real. okay, my sophomore year of high school, no, my freshman year of high school, after the first semester, was the first time I went to rehab.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I to went to that. rehab thinking I was going to go there, I went there for an Oxycontin addiction, I was going to go there to stop using Oxycontin. And this was your freshman year of college? This was my freshman year of college, I was, um, I was... 18 18 wow. years old yeah wow um and did I, you check yourself in you were like no 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 this was my best friend that lives here in austin <laughs> today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. called my mom i forgot to call him on his birthday gotcha. this is this says a lie. right he knew something was wrong that he actually called, does say a lie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he called my mom and he said something's wrong he, he mitch is like i knew he like he knew i was using but he didn't know the extent of it like he didn't right. hear from me from for a long time um he's on drugs like hard drugs Yeah, she I mean she'd caught me a million times doing yeah, you know mm-hmm. she'd take some coke but she, she grew up in the 80's she's like <laughs> people do coke right. but they didn't she didn't realize that
0: like you know the we extent. don't do a little bump
2: in the bar at the, at the, in the bathroom of the bar we're like lining up you know like you're seeing how much you're rose. in high school so yeah, your right.
0: mindset is like let's see who can do it the most because we're yeah teenagers. i had that head. yeah kind of yeah to, yeah we like, all did me and it's my a little, competition me you and my little group up, of yeah.
1: friends are like yeah. who can get
2: the most who's the, the cocaine K- alpha okay. yeah
0: oh god it's so great the like, cocaine alpha but yeah um Mitch, Mitch won cocaine.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I went to uh, I went to rehab thinking I was just gonna go there, and they told me like, you know, this is like a place that you have to just you're you're gonna be sober now. Like this is, and I was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm I'm 19. I'm not even 21 yet. Um, I love drinking. I hate this oxycontin addiction because I get sick when When I don't have it. That was what it was. It Mm -hmm. was like. You know, I, I, I didn't know at first. I was like, I, I thought I'd had the flu, and then, like, I got some more. and be like, oh, I feel better. That's weird. I didn't understand, like, the physical tolerance or the physical um, physical addiction dependence that, mm-hmm. that opiates have. Yeah. yeah. Um, and was that from the first time? From the first time I was hooked, yeah. 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 Like, I did it, and I loved it, and I was, like, spent all my money on that. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do all the time. Mm-hmm. Again, no consequences, Mom. I need money, Dad. I need money. Like mm-hmm. I need some books. I need to buy this. I need to buy that. Yeah. And sure, you know,
1: yeah.
2: Because they they were proud of me, and they thought I was, you know, I had some trouble, but like they had seen me get get above, rise above it, and um, I was in college now, mm-hmm. and they they didn't had any idea. And what parent wants to believe that their kids are spending money on drugs? Yeah, right. You know, right. I was so like, especially I, I, opiates. Was the, at that yeah, point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no one, and that was another thing that like will come up at the second time I went to rehab. Um, but I got out of rehab and, mm-hmm. uh, I drank a beer the first day. And I think a week later I was using Oxycontin again, Yeah, which is like, that is literally the theme of the next seven years. Yeah. Right. Um, thinking that I'm going to be missing out because I'm young and I want to drink and I want to go to bars and I want to chase girls. And then I start to drink and then I start to get a little tipsy and I'm like, well, maybe I could do a little cocaine. Maybe this won't hurt. You know, I'm just going to do it tonight. Mm-hmm. And then I get strung out. And then I'm like, I know what makes me feel better when I'm strung out. And that's Oxycontin. So yeah. probably a week later, I was doing it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I really think. Um, and then it really, it got, from, from that point on, I met some people in rehab, which... <laughs> <laughs> I know. Great it happens. place to meet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I met some people. I think like maybe 3% of people in rehab stay sober. Yeah. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I don't even. Um, that's not exact. I don't know that for sure. But a small but, percent. But very retire. small. Yeah, yeah. And um, I met a guy and he. I had done cocaine for a long time and he's like, dude, you've got to try shooting it up. And I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. And, and was this right. conversation in rehab? No, no. This was. I knew. I knew. I, I was actually. I ran into him at a head shop, like at a, a yeah. pipe store. Okay. And I was like, I was like, "Yo, dude, come, come get some, come get a couple lines." He's like, "Dude, you got to shoot this up." <laughs> and I'm like, "If you think Man, that's great." I'm like, you know, I don't. He's like, "Dude, just trust me." And so, he came over that night. He and this is gonna get a little graphic, but he and it get, the story gets way better here in <laughs> a few years from now. But yeah. he came over. He helped me shoot up. I. Pu- immediately within seconds puked my brains out but I was in a whole level new level of euphoria that I had ever felt in my whole life it felt like a completely different drug and this was like the start that day was the start of my like tragic horrible yeah. miserable ending mm-hmm. was the day that I shot up cocaine which leads to like whatever I can fit into that syringe yeah um, yeah <laughs> because it's it, it is um, I can consolidate the most, I can get the most bang for my buck if I put it in a syringe and put it into my veins. Um, but yeah, that, that cocaine, when you inject it, is like a whole nother, mm-hmm. um, it just is like a whole nother level of fiending for the drug because it is such an intense rush
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and it's very quick. It's yeah. like over. It's over within 45 seconds and you're like, I got to do it again. Because it's um, over. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. yeah. And I it want was to like, feel like that. Again. It was so hardcore. It's like going down a roller coaster, and you get that feeling in your chest. You can't... Yeah, it, it, I could get into how... But I don't want to get too graphic, because it's not... It's not... This is not a... Um, right, that's not the point, We're not glorifying... We're not highlighting right, yeah, that yeah, part. Yeah. Uh, but you know what?
0: But it's important I'm, to know that, like... Yeah, and I'm not ash- I'm, I'm not
2: ashamed of this. I really enjoyed doing drugs, but I also was... had, had It took me to places of the most... The lowest... Um, Hopeless, helpless, like fearful, miserable. every every negative descriptive word I could say um, thro- these drugs took me to. But every time I get sober, I forget about all that and mm-hmm. I just remember the great times mm-hmm. and
0: well, like an abusive relationship 100% <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: and I think that applies to a lot of things in life it's like yeah. you don't remember how horrible things yeah uh, you know that's you know and I could go into another story about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, this girl she was yeah. wait 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 we, we didn't yell at each other every night she was great she was great no yeah, she yeah. was that, remember that she's time she's beautiful that, she, that one, that 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 one time. time she
0: brought me a so cupcake it,
2: exactly It's like she's remember great. that one time six years ago that I was able to control right. it it'll be like that it'll be like that Yeah, so anyway, that was probably, that was maybe 2010, late 2010, early 2011, um, that I started using needles, and uh, that quickly was the worst decision of my life. Mm -hmm. But, and again, I'm not ashamed, I, I did it, and I did it for years longer, knowing how horrible it was. I remember the very first time I was sitting in my My room, this was, like, way before that, and I Mm -hmm. didn't know anything about rehab. I didn't know anything about recovery. I didn't know anything about the 12 steps. I didn't know anything about really, like, getting actually addicted to drugs, because I wasn't addicted. But um, I remember telling my roommate, I was like, like, dude, I think I need to go to rehab. Like, not knowing really, because that Mm -hmm. moment was the first time I was like, I don't think I can stop. Right. But anyway, this is, like, a couple years later, after the first time I went to rehab, late, early 2011, I went to rehab for the second time, my parents found a bag of syringes and that was like oh shit like this kid our kid is this is bad Mm -hmm. this is worse than they ever could have imagined that it was um my parents are in the medical field and so they know Mm -hmm. that if someone is injecting drugs it's bad like no one casually injects drugs yeah right um doesn't matter what you're injecting just the fact that right right. right. that that it's dangerous no matter what it's so dangerous because you cannot. There's no turning back once you put it into your body. There's no turning back. There's yeah. no vomiting it up. There's no right. You know. There's. It's. It's there it's and it there. is straight to your brain. Right. Um, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> I yeah. And two thousand eleven, early two thousand eleven. It was like, and man, I I um I think it's over till twenty fifteen. So you know, another four years yeah. of like complete <clears throat> miserableness, thinking. I went to rehab, I think, a total of five or six times, mm-hmm. I think six times, and it was like a routine, my uh, my uh, every six-month routinely drying out phase that I'd run out of money and I would get so down and deep into this miserableness, and I'm like, I, I usually it was like I got in trouble. I got in a lot of trouble. Yeah. I, I did not get out of this addiction unscathed. I got in a lot of trouble. Thankfully... My parents helped me. I was also like proactive and like bettering myself when I got sober and I was able to get out of everything. But I got into some big trouble and, um, yeah, I, I think when they see that you go to rehab and try and you're trying, um, they work with you for They're the right. part. There's some grace there. There is yeah. some grace, and mm-hmm. that and uh, that yeah, that's a whole nother.
0: It's kind of that judgment call, of right? Right, and they did. And they made it. judgment calls. And actually, yeah, yeah.
2: the last time I got in trouble <clears throat> was right before the last time i got sober and thank goodness this lady because she's like she's like man you've been in trouble so many times
1: mm-hmm.
2: why and i'm just like i'm like i really don't want to be this person
1: yeah
2: and uh i i went into her chambers and like pled my case and, I, yeah. and I, um <clears throat> i she listened and she's she believed me mm-hmm. um let me off, and I think it was six months later I got sober and stayed sober. Mm-hmm. So wow. thank goodness that lady did that because yeah. you know it's 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 not a uh, <clears throat> it's not the end of the world, but it does. It's always lingering when you've got something on your record. Absolutely. Um, not even like it's not like I'm working jobs that require, check, yeah. but <laughs> it's always in the back of my mind, and it's yeah. always like man, like I'm tainted with this this, this thing, thing on my record, and yeah. but yeah,
0: anyway, so. So as you're going through all this, how are you sustaining yourself in between bouts of sobriety? As far as... Money, jobs, like, are you, uh, you know...
2: I didn't consider myself a drug dealer, but I would buy enough to where I could sell a little bit to my friends Mm -hmm. to have enough to break even. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it was like a buy in bulk, go to Costco, buy in bulk, (laughs) share it all with my friends, they pay me a little bit, I have enough to buy in bulk. Just enough to do, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was was that, it was... um, you know, and I had jobs. I couldn't really hold jobs. I was also in school. I dropped mm-hmm. out. I can't tell you how many times I dropped out of school <laughs> mid-semester to go to rehab. Every, yeah, right. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I'd be doing good, and I'd go back to school, and then I would just fall off. And that was yeah, actually, yeah. like, a, a whole thing. I'm back in school now. But I I had to, like, wonder. Was it, like, the stress of school or the stress of, like, thinking I'm not good at school? It's, like, something about that. Mm-hmm. I had to wait till I was, like, a few years, you know, I was four years sober when I went back to school. Yeah, yeah. Um, And finally, it's like, man, and I can't even tell you, like, the difference as an adult being in college. <laughs> like, I care, and I right. study, and I work hard, and I make straight A's. I've yeah. made, <laughs> I haven't made below an A in the last two years that I've been in school. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm working on um, applying to nursing school here in the That's next awesome. In the next, uh, Congrats, few man. Yeah,
0: Congratulations. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome, man. Um, sort of looking back at that at that whole journey before this last time you got sober your journey into like drinking smoking cigarettes like the beginning was you guys wanted to be cool wanted to be like some of these guys you saw as cool when you look back what drove some of the some of the other addictions as far as opiates and continuing to drink continuing to inject was it? something you were running away from was it anxiety and you just wanted to feel comfortable like what what were some of the underlying motivators
2: so that's a pretty complicated question because i to this day don't know for sure Really, um it started i wanted to be cool that i wanted to have these people that i thought were my friends that Mm -hmm. just like crowded around me because i had drugs and i liked drugs like they did like we right. had we had a common interest mm-hmm. and that's what brought us together and we were like a little
0: community and we yeah. mm-hmm. cared about each other but yeah. it wasn't
2: none of it was real right. um,
0: some people play like board yeah. games and i right. mean i want to <laughs> highlight it <again, Yeah. laughs> one, one of your best friends yep. who was part of that group in high school knew something was wrong with you because yes. you didn't call him yes. on his birthday and you know what he was the guy that was like oh i'll never be as bad as him Sure. And then
2: one day I just like shot past him, (laughs) and he's like, "Bro, what are you doing?" What is happening? Yeah. Um, But yeah, um, I I don't know. I don't like to label myself as once an addict, always an addict. But I think I had that predisposition, that genetic. I think Mm -hmm. different. I'm genetically different, and I say that now because I open a bag of Oreos and I have one. I eat the whole bag. Yeah. I cannot yeah. put the Oreos down. And right. sugar is a, a very addictive chemical. Sure. Yeah, it's, a, yeah um, it's euphoric. Right. And yeah. uh, and so I look at it. So I think I have an addictive personality. I think with running, and I think it can be not necessarily an unhealthy addiction, which I kind of take it to the edge. I'm like <laughs> right. teetering on the edge of like, am I addicted to running and is it causing problems? Not quite yet. And if it does, I will address right. it, yeah. but not quite yet. Um, But, yeah, I I think I just have that personality, and I think that as long as I wasn't going to do something different, um, I was always going to go back to it. You asked, was it anxiety or something? I think it was all of the above. Mm -hmm. Fear in my own skin, fear. And it it never, like, I, I never, like, got sober and then said, okay, I'm going back to do heroin. No, I got right. sober, and I was like, I want to have a few drinks like a normal person. It yeah. was that idea that I was actually a normal person, and I don't drink like a normal person by any means. But I'm not like your mm-hmm. blackout alcoholic. Yeah, right. But what I what I think distinct what what differ what uh, makes me different from other drinkers is that if I'm at a restaurant and someone was like, you can have one beer with dinner, and I'm like, what? I would I would choose no way. I don't yeah. want one beer no with beer. dinner. Yeah, I yeah. would get. A Dr. Pepper or something yeah. that I actually genuinely love. Mm-hmm. I don't want one beer. I drank to get drunk. I didn't right. like the taste of beer. I didn't like the taste of liquor. I drank it to feel something. Yeah. And that's what I think is yeah. the difference between me and others. Is when you
0: were talking about opiates, I found it interesting, um, and I, I just kind of latched on to it, is you said that you felt like you could go anywhere and be comfortable. Yes. Yeah. And that... You know, in some ways that's heartbreaking, but it's that thing of like, okay, there's this thing I can do to feel like everybody else and not feel itchy and not feel, and and, uh, it's, you know, how do you now that you don't have that address those things? That's also a very good question.
2: Um, It took a long time. Mm -hmm. It took a few years. It took two years probably to just be like, especially like newly getting sober. It's like, I go to the grocery store and I'm a nervous wreck. Uh I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. Like, I'm embarrassed of myself. And it was probably more of, like, embarrassment of, like, my past and, like, just all that stuff in my head. But I did a lot of work. I did a lot of work. I don't know if you all have Mm -hmm. heard of, like, a 12-step program. But I did AA. I did AA. And I did a lot of work on myself. And I figured out, like, the root causes. Like, yes. And it all comes down to... I am afraid. Yeah. I am afraid of not being successful. I'm afraid of not being good enough. I'm afraid of being abandoned. I'm afraid... It's like mm-hmm. all This list of just, like, things that I'm afraid of. Yeah. And once I realized that, I could just, like, give that stuff up to, like... I, I call it a power greater sure. than myself. You yeah. know, God or HP, whatever. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. higher power. I gave that stuff up, and it completely changed my life. It's like, I could always, no matter what I was going through, just say, you know what, take this yeah. and... Mm-hmm. I I will, you know, do what you think I should do. And that, and in, in, I'm a little, I, I kind of hesitate when I tell people about this stuff because sure. a lot of people don't believe in God or mm-hmm. whatever. I can tell you that I don't care what it is, if it's God, if it's Jesus, if it's, mm. you know, whatever. Something, because I tried for so many years to stop using drugs. Sure. I tried so hard to get this needle out of my arm and I could not do it. Mm-hmm. until I, like, turned my, and this is another phrase, is, like, turn my will and my life over to this higher power. Mm-hmm. And I started doing some simple things. It wasn't always fun, and it was a lot of soul-searching and looking at myself and all these things I did wrong. But I did these simple steps, and I, like, I, I didn't pick up again. Yeah. yeah. And this was over six years ago. Um, Congrats. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, and today I'm, like, I'm super, I'm very, you know, I'm, in my mind I'm successful because I'm very happy yeah. but you know I don't have a whole bunch of money in the bank I'm not working this great job I wait tables and I yeah. I run marathons that's what I do and I love it and I mean, you're it's, amazing I wouldn't, awesome. I wouldn't have it any other way <laughs> and I look back and I'm like I get in the, in my head well what could I have been if I had done this and this mm-hmm. and this because like, my, my brother and my sister are very successful my dad and my mom you know they're all and um, I'm like you know what though like I have this outlook on life that you know aside from like a family member dying, like, nothing is gonna be that bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, no matter what happens, it's not that bad. Yeah. It will get better. And, I can get through anything with that. Even death. I actually just lost my dad, like, um, a little over a month, a little over three months ago. It was May, it was June 5th. Um, and honestly, like, it was hard, of course. It was hard for my mom, but, I got through it. And I, and I knew that, like, you know, he's, in a better place, mm-hmm. and I have so much comfort in that. I have just faith that the universe is going to take care of everybody. Yeah.
0: yeah. But,
2: uh, yeah. That's
0: beautiful. This is man. making me cry for the night. <laughs> <laughs> our, our guests have a pattern of, our, of making us cry. you uh, so. tear up. Nice. Thank you. Um, sorry yeah, to hear yeah. about your dad. I know yeah, that. thank yeah. you. Yeah. But how, um, I mean, I you don't have to talk about anything that's uncomfortable for you, but how important was it for him and, and your family to see you in this new state of, like, peace and, yeah, yeah. and sobriety and and how did that radically change you know, going through and experiencing the death with them
2: yeah uh, that is this is heavy and um, I am so almost more grateful for this than anything else is that he got to die knowing I was sober knowing yeah. and co- or not knowing but confident that I was going to stay sober mm-hmm. forever because my dad was kind of a hard ass, and he mm-hmm. didn't cry. But a few times he cried when he saw like how like track marks up and down my arms, and like yeah. I'm pale white with dark rings under my eyes. I look like I'm dying of cancer. Yeah. And he would cry, and he would be so afraid that because I mean it's a gamble. Like every time I, yeah. I, I use this drug, I could die. Mm-hmm. You know they, <clears throat> especially these days, like yeah, you don't know good. from what you bought last night to what you buy today, the difference in the strength of the. Actual well, drug. And they keep putting fentanyl uh, yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah, and yeah that's awful. Um, just not knowing. It's like, yeah. you know, someone does the right amount of this, it's great. But, like, you just don't know. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so every time I do it, it's a gamble.
1: Yeah. You right. know, it's
2: like, this could be, because I'm not going to, like, waste my time, waste right. the drug trying to figure out what that right amount is. No, I'm going to do what I do every time, and it's a gamble. And they were very afraid. My parents thought that they were going to get the phone call that mm-hmm. I was dead. Mm-hmm. But um, going back to your question, I, I am so, so beyond grateful that he died, one, proud of me. He told me he was proud of me all the time, which for a long time he did not tell me he was proud of me. Mm-hmm. Um, two, he knows I'm here to take care of my mom. Mm-hmm. I'm here to, um, you know, be the man of the family. Yeah. And he, and you know, and I look and I think about it like, what if I would have been like back how I mm-hmm. used to be like, I would have so much guilt and shame knowing that he died worried about me, not pr- you know I'm he was proud he loved me he was proud through yeah, the whole thing, yeah. but like in my mind I would say you know he was of me you know, and all and like died thinking that, you know his son is a failure, no no, no he died knowing that I am, can do anything and yeah. um, that was the biggest comfort. <clears throat> I could even ever think of with this whole thing. Um, I also, by chance, got to spend the last... So I was traveling around. I went to mm-hmm. New York, Colorado, and then I went to Utah. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, ca- I was going to go to Oregon. I was going to go to Portland. And okay. I and those plans fell through. So I was like, okay, I'll come home for a month because I'm going to go somewhere else yeah. after that. And um, I was home for a month and... I actually came to Austin like five days before he died, so mm-hmm. I got to spend him and I was with him. My mom was at work, my aunt was there, but I was with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to spend a month with him before he died. And it, and like we had this one day specifically where, because he was kind of he was sick, mm-hmm. um, but we had one day specifically that he had like snapped out of it. Mm-hmm. It was like he was all better. We we went to I took him to the doctor and I wasn't gonna go. He he was like. He was like, Mitch, you want to you wanna come with us? And I'm thinking in my head, no, I absolutely don't because this <laughs> is going to be an ordeal. Right. But, of course, I'm like, sure. And I went with him, and the whole car ride, he was himself again. And it was the craziest thing. My aunt saw the whole thing, and she was like, he was 100% himself again. And um, I left, I think, maybe two days later, and he died, like, three days later. Um, not Not yeah. sudden, because he was sick, but it was sudden. He went into cardiac arrest. Right. It wasn't, mm-hmm. like... We thought he was just going to be sick for a long time. Yeah, it was sustainable. He, he had medications for what right. he was had, um, but no, yeah, it was sudden and it was very sad. But I like I said before, I was I had comfort that he is okay now. Yeah. He's not sick anymore. My mom is okay. You know she's, it's hard on her, but I'm okay. You know we're okay. There there is. It's, it's a, there's a plan for all of us. Absolutely. So, yeah.
0: And are you the oldest sibling? I have two um, other, I have half siblings. I okay. have,
2: I yeah, have yeah. my dad's half siblings.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And they're, and they're younger than you. They're older. Oh, uh, older. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: They're, they're pretty much, they're, they're significantly older than me. Okay. <laughs> 12, 12, and 14, 12 and 14 sure, years sure. older than me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: That must be really difficult to grow up in the shadow of somebody 12 years older uh, because like we can't help compare ourselves, right? Right. And they
2: were they were nerds, and they went. Right. They <laughs> yeah. graduated in three years from UT and mm-hmm. and A and M, yeah. and then my brother's a lawyer. My <laughs> my, my brother's a lawyer. Uh, my sister's a vet, and they're right. like, but yeah. you know, you know, who knows? Like, who knows? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, th- I don't know what success actually looks like. Yeah, I'm sure they make money. Yeah, right. she's got a horse farm, but. Are they happy? I don't really know. I, really I, mean, I don't talk to them yeah, much yeah. anymore. At I all, actually. I don't talk to them at all anymore.
0: I, I love kind of the success thing. just want to touch on it and highlight it, how a minute ago you said, I know I'm successful because I'm happy. Yeah. Right. If I could just cliff that and just yeah, like the yeah, world, yeah, like, I mean, we're that, yeah, luckily we have it on camera, but yeah, it. luckily, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I just I love that's gonna stick with me from this conversation. Yeah. Just I nice. know I'm successful because I'm happy, right? Yeah, and it doesn't mean that you don't go through anything that's difficult. No, I mean, you're, sure ob- you're going through school, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're, we're talking, you're training you got, you're, for a marathon. <laughs> your training seems like it's terrible, like, <laughs> it's it terrible. sounds like it's torturous. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. I would rather <laughs> stick a fork in my eye. Yeah, I would too. This is really refreshing, but I find it kind of humorous. Um, you talk about like opiates, and you're honest, and you're like they're great. Yeah, like, yeah. they felt good. Yeah. yeah, and then you talk about running, and I've run into you a few times, and you're like running sucks. Yeah, like, it's, it's sucks. very hard.
2: <laughs> you know, and, and I guess I mean, we why not get into it now? Yeah, yeah. Um, running is like the complete opposite of using drugs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, drugs, instant gratification. Um, I get it. I do it, and can't I wait am to do high. I, running, and I can't tell you, and I say this in in. Like, I don't think it got me sober. I don't think I stay sober because of running. But, man, Mm -hmm. does it it has taught me life skills. It has taught me, like, how to be patient, how to work hard. I think, Mm -hmm. honestly, I'm back in school and I'm making straight A's. I think it's because of running. Because everything I do now is going to help me six weeks down the road, two months down the road, even this whole marathon buildup. You know, if the marathon doesn't go great, then that's fine because my next build up, everything I did now is gonna carry the next over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it is like the complete opposite of everything I ever grew up, everything I grew up doing and wanting and like right. experiencing. It's like I want it now. I want to feel it now, and that's it. Right now, it's like if I wanted to, to translate that to running, it's like. I could go do 10 workouts today it's not going to do a damn thing nope. no. like i have to be it's gonna make you tired yeah, yeah. well even yeah. the
0: unpredictability right because with drugs you could say I- i'm gonna put this in my arm and i know that i'm gonna feel good yeah. Yeah. like w- yeah. the gamble was am i gonna live or die but there was no gamble with will this feel good yeah, that's correct um right. with running you can have a great training block and feel great, and then on race day you have to take a shit at mile 15 and it derails the entire thing. That is the biggest fear of it all, man. <laughs> uh, like, knocking on wood right yeah. now, right? <laughs> you know what, you God, know what don't, don't I, put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> at this uh,
2: point, and I think if the marathon's going great, I'll just let it happen. Just yeah. let yeah, I'll you see, picture, me. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. you see a picture given to God. Yeah. I will. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's I make a great picture. Man. Yeah. It sure will. <laughs> will.
2: Good story too. <laughs> Everyone yeah. will know who I am. Everyone right? will know. And it know. won't be
0: because of the haircut. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I want to oh, get into that part. But before we get there, I do do want to go into, so what, what was the difference maker when you finally got like sober? Was it a, there was that moment when you realized I need to give this up what was that moment and
2: people and this is a common question of like Mm -hmm. what was different this time nothing was different Mm -hmm. I I did the same thing that I did every time except this time I stuck with it yeah I I stuck with it I I honestly when I went to rehab the last time I didn't actually even want to get sober yeah I went in there but I got in there I actually got in trouble the first few days Mm -hmm. there I got in trouble for sneaking drugs in nice I didn't want to be sober Mm -hmm. but um I uh I got out. The work starts when you leave rehab. I think rehab, if it's if you've been before, you kind of know the drill. It's a good place to dry out. It's separation yeah. from the people and the places that I used to use at. I can't walk out the door, get in my car, and go buy drugs. It's actually right. like a process. I've got to sign papers and like get a mm-hmm. ride and all this stuff. Um, it's a good place to be. It's separation from yeah the drugs.
0: it's also a safe place mm-hmm. to detox right exactly yeah. So, yeah safe place to and detox almost in any other way right. People which how bad were the Oof. the compounds
2: you know man um I, I so i had a few the drugs that i consistently did for the most amount of time was heroin mm-hmm. xanax and cocaine or meth one of the two injecting mm-hmm. yeah all, all I, I would eat xanax because you could not Inject it, um, but I would I would inject heroin and and cocaine or meth, mm-hmm. one of the two. I the meth started when I lived in Arizona after a rehab and I relapsed and they didn't have cocaine there right. up in northern Arizona. Right. All they had was meth like and I, yeah.
0: Dr Pepper yeah. Coke. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, get, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going up and I'm going down. Yeah, that's, your code, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but anyway, so it was um, it was one of the two. It was one of the yeah. two heroin and Xanax, and I'll tell you what um, heroin. Completely miserable detox, but it's over in five days. Okay. Like, it's just the most miserable, like vomiting, shitting my pants, and feeling like I've got the flu times 10. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's over in five days. Yeah. The Xanax, and this is like the most underrated, like dangerous drug I think mm-hmm. that there is. Mm-hmm. Consistently taking Xanax for any amount of time, the detox is, first of all, it's deadly. Right. It's like an alcohol detox, yeah. it's deadly secondly it's like it's a mind it's like a mind detox like mm-hmm. do you get zaps no you no. know no yeah. I'm, you know it's been some years now, okay right? yeah, I, think, I, think, yeah I, I mean maybe and i don't even know but, <laughs> no but xanax yeah. um is horrible because it mm-hmm. lingers and it's just like an anxious detox like i just am like in my skin just right. just like ants just, in an- your skin yeah, yeah just Gross. the worst Ugh thing ever um in the combination it's like I'm sick for five days very very violently ill for five or six days and then this lingering like right it just like amplifies all of the horrible feelings I'm already feeling yeah. slash like anxiety attacks mm-hmm. slash like I can't even sleep I can't do yeah so they were awful every single time <laughs> yeah. right and every single time I'm like I'm if I get through this, again. this I will <laughs> never do this again oh, and man. every single time oh that wasn't so bad right. <laughs> not too bad <laughs>
0: yeah a piece of relationship. Remember that one time that it was fun. <laughs> that, one time, that one time I got through it just fine. I remember that one time I did just a little cocaine mm-hmm. and had a great night. Yeah, yeah, that, that dude, that literally <laughs> <just> went through <laughs> my head every time. Oh, my God. oh yeah. man, <laughs> and so so when you finally stuck with it. When did running come into the picture? Because it wasn't immediate. I am curious. Right? No, it wasn't.
2: It wasn't immediate at all. I'll because tell you.
0: Yeah, you had stopped running in high school, right? Played yes. football, and then once you went to college, no running, no running, no, just no drinking, sports. partying, drugs, yeah. Yeah. yeah, for a long time. Um, so
2: I got sober in twenty fifteen. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, I had a lot of work to do on myself mm-hmm. not, and I'm not talking about like getting sober I'm talking about like living life like yeah. showering cutting mm-hmm. my hair yeah, shaving yeah. my beard off I have a photo of me my passport photo I have <laughs> hair down to my nipples I have a beard down to my collar and I look like a terrorist. Like I yeah. look ridiculous. <laughs> a homeless man. I look right. so. Like big, you embrace. But it's really great right. because it's my passport <laughs> picture.
0: Yeah. So you I'm you also some... like
2: thirty pounds overweight. <laughs> it's the most amazing thing. And they're just like. Yeah, yeah.
0: They're like, yeah, this yeah. is fake.
2: I haven't gotten to use it. I haven't traveled yeah, yeah. out of the
0: country yet. Yeah, but I be can't fun. wait till the day. I can't. Please tax us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. No, but I, uh, I, I got sober. And I took about a year mm-hmm. where I just chain-smoked cigarettes, drank coffee, went to meetings, and, mm-hmm. you know, just just stayed sober. Just if short, I stayed sober, the at the end of the day, it was a win. Yeah. yeah. And for the first year. And I ate McDonald's, and I ate cheese fries, and I just ate candy. all that. I'd lay in yeah. my bed. And I wonder, and so this will, I'll tell you this in a second, but I'd lay in my bed and I would eat Oreos until I fell asleep. Or I'd lay in my bed and I would <laughs> eat chocolate. I would, sure. And I would get, back. I would get, like... So I'd go to the gas station and get like three bags of chocolate M- of uh, peanut butter M&Ms and three bags of regular M&Ms. I'd put them all in a bowl mm-hmm. and I'd lay in bed and watch TV, and fall asleep with the bowl of M&Ms. Yeah. And
1: wow. this is
2: like this is sober. Like yeah. I used to be a stoner. I was like a real stoner. <laughs> And I didn't do that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, like even when you
0: were high, you when didn't I do was that. stoned and had the munchies. Yeah, I yeah, never. You was never
2: that insane. with right? a, a giant.
0: Bag of I mean, I'm a little. I'm evidence. a little impressed. I'm not gonna lie. I may or may not go and do that later. Yeah, just to try. Honestly, it. Honestly, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is is behavior like that the the overeating and the like? I mean, let's call it what it is. It sounds like a type of depression. Um, you know, you know it, I don't know that it. Um, my
2: okay. Let me just. My last relapse sure. only lasted about a week. Okay, yeah. so I was sober six months. So mm-hmm. I had time in sober living to mm-hmm. like really dry out, get the chemicals out of my system. I relapsed yeah. in the sober house. I was so, I relapsed for about a week. It got very very bad. Okay. very very quickly. Yeah, um, I spent like three thousand dollars. I you know I you know quarter ounce of cocaine mm-hmm. in my veins in a few yeah. days. Yeah. Um, because I'm like I know this isn't gonna last long. I gotta make up the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So when I got sober this time, it it actually wasn't that all that bad. Mm-hmm. Like the depression, like the mental sure. part of it. That that is what lingers after yeah, the yeah. after the long mm-hmm. the long bouts. Yeah. Uh, but um, it's that. like get through the physical part. Okay, and then yeah. I'm kind of back to where I left off. Right. Yeah. Um. So and I don't I, I, I had depression in the midst of like sober or not sober. Sober okay, not sober. Yeah. Um. I was. Like clinically diagnosed as like all these things. Sure. And, yeah. But you know what? They never diagnosed me any with any significant amount of time off drugs. Right. So looking mm-hmm. back, like after a year off drugs, it's like every single thing that goes away. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, so
0: yeah. so I guess the real question I would like that I uh, I'm curious because like spending time in the, in the meetings and like hearing all these stories is overeating and, and like just just struggling to stay sober that first year common is that something that that you hear kind of those patterns repeating.
2: Patterns repeating for myself.
0: For for like other people. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: You know, they tell you it's like to to curb the cravings of of opiates, eat chocolate. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh yeah, well, you're sweet. giving me permission to eat chocolate? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I am a I am an addict hey, yeah. through and through. You tell me it's okay to eat chocolate. I'm gonna I'm eat, gonna chocolate. eat all the yeah. chocolate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Call and so, And that was and yeah, and honestly, yeah. it was okay because at that yeah. point, you know, mm-hmm. seven to nine to to you know, almost a decade of hard drugs. Yeah. Like Some
0: chocolate's fine. I, yeah, yeah. You know,
2: you know it's, it's like, I will worry about this later. Yeah. I just need to get this. Mm-hmm. Because after a year sober, it just got so much easier. After yeah. two years sober, and now yeah. it's like, it crosses my mind, sure. Like, I think, I wonder to myself, would I actually enjoy an IPA? I, You know, I don't know. Because mm-hmm. I never, en- you know, I used to hate black coffee. I love right. black coffee now. Yeah. There's things that, you yeah. know, and so I wonder these things. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to stop smoking weed. I have mm-hmm. loved smoking forever. Um, that is the one thing that I miss.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But you know what? I when it comes to that, I am not a normal weed smoker. I wake up in the morning and I get stoned. I get in my car, I get stoned. I right. eat, I get stoned. So I'm I'm an addict when it comes to anything. Yeah. Just a I, true miss addict, I miss it. I miss it, but you know what? It's a small thing to miss. Yeah. You know? right, um, sure. Also, like now I think about like oh I could maybe smoke weed one day but like I have so many more important things like I can't do that to my lungs right you know? yeah it's like you know, yeah. That, that would
0: ruin like me. that's a part of your job Right. Now. that's, that's right. like I'm, I'm an elite runner yeah. god damn it yeah. so so that first year the focus was just ending every right. day sober. Yeah, yeah, just, and that's so you put on some weight and.
2: oh and I put you're... on some weight <laughs> I sure did I was a fluffy boy yeah. my, best, my best friend who was always the fluffy boy was yeah. like dude now you're the
0: fluffy boy oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. is that when you knew it was bad like okay if the fluffy right. friend is calling me the yeah, fluffy yeah, friend. Yeah,
2: I knew it was bad, but I, honestly, I kind of liked it. Yeah. I wanted to be this like, well, I wanted I'm, to get a gold chain, right. I wanted to have the hair on my chest, right. and I wanted to be Shirt a fluffy open. guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yes. I had that picture. Get that pa- ah. Yes, yes. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just In like, the hot tub. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was <laughs> a cool look. <laughs> this, this, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. I was working in a, I was, I, I had worked in a restaurant when I was sober sure. that six months before. I sta- I went back to that restaurant after rehab. Yeah. Were you in Dallas or in Austin. In Austin. In Austin. Okay. Gotcha. so I moved to Austin um, I guess it was and um, let's see so it was very beginning it was like January of 2015. okay mm-hmm. I moved to Austin permanently to stay sober here. Mm-hmm. I relapsed I was sober like five six months I relapsed went to treatment again got out stayed sober. Yeah. Um but yeah, I was working in this restaurant and eventually I started and I would eat it was Shady Grove. It was Austin Staple. Yeah, Austin uh, Staple, Austin right, Rest in peace. Yeah. But out. Uh, I would eat cheeseburgers every day and yeah. I was cool with it. Yeah. You know, and um but then something hit me. I don't remember exactly when it was, it was two or three years down the road. Mm-hmm. Um I was walking my dog through um, Butler Park and I saw this guy doing a boot camp and I'm smoking my cig and I'm like what you, Cause I've been thinking, you know. Okay, let me preface this. I wanted a girlfriend who was fit and hot <laughs> and worked out and ran. That and they're great. like, you attract what you are. And I'm like, mm. shit. You're like bullshit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I
2: want. So I'm like, and then honestly, like yeah it's kind of crazy but this was like my motivation throughout the whole thing i wanted to meet cute girls mm-hmm. so guess what I, I i walked by i was like guys what are you what? he was like hey man like what are, what are
0: y'all doing he's is like, the cigarette still yeah right? oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, oh. <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like hey guys it
2: was like it's like yo man what are y'all doing because i actually i got sober <laughs> wanted to do the whole austin hippie thing yeah. my my good friend is an austin hippie he's got his hair long he's got tattoos everywhere I'm like i want to do this so i yeah. gave it a go I grew my hair out. And, you know, I I did the whole, like, shower in Barton Springs, man. like yeah. yeah. You know, and then uh, I hated it. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. Yeah. But also, I was like, yo, what are y'all doing? And there, he was like, man, this is our, our boot camp. Orga- organic fitness and training. Um, Jacob Wood was a great dude. Really... Supportive through my like intro into fitness, um, <laughs> he was great. He answered all my stupid questions. I'm like Jacob, why can't I get a six pack? He's like, well, you've got to stop eating M and M's all night long and you're in like, your bed. All of the yeah, <laughs> <what> literally. <bag? laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I eat good all day, and then but but you eat six bags of M and M's in bed before, <laughs> before you go to sleep. So like, you gotta stop that. <laughs> so I. Um, I went to his boot camp the yeah. next day. I think I went three days, and I was like, oh, God, my, my chest. That Sunday came around. I put the cigarettes down. I never yeah. smoked them again. Wow. Um, wow. I have not wow. smoked since, yeah. Cute and girls this,
0: are a great motivator. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: and someone I was like, I can get the girls looking like this. And they're like, no, you can't. Why would any girl who does what you want right. be attracted to you? I'm like, man, you got a point there. <laughs> you know what?
0: That logic. Did you kind of have a memoir? Where you looked around and you were like, well, there is no girlfriend at this moment. Yeah. So, so. So.
2: yeah. Okay.
0: So, I was like, you know what? So boot camp.
2: Time to make, you know what? <laughs> this is, and they, they used to say when I'd go to meetings, this is kind of like, off it was just a little off topic, but mm-hmm. they're, they're like, I, I like, I want to go to the meetings with the cutest girls. And they're like, well, whatever gets you there, whatever gets sure, you in the door, you the <laughs> door. know, whatever gets me to show up at five 30 in the morning to right. these boot camps, whatever gets you there, you're yeah. there. Yeah, and uh, honestly, that's it's a, it's not they were not wrong. You know? <laughs> so I did his boot camp for maybe a year. Okay, sure. Um, I remembered back in my young days, I had r- broken five minute mile.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I wanted to do that again. Yeah. Okay. I said, Jacob, I want to break a five minute mile. He's like, dude, I think you can do it. <clears throat> At this point I, and so I started running. So he did a group run. We did like a six-mile group run. Okay. And I had also met a friend, a girl who was a friend, and she's like, I run on the treadmill 30 minutes every day. Every day.
0: Okay. I'm like,
2: Man, I want to do that. <laughs> <clears throat> so that night I went home. I went to the Austin Bouldering Project, mm-hmm. and I jumped on MVP? that treadmill, and I ran for 30 minutes. I think I did like eight-minute miles. I ran yeah. for 30 minutes. I was like, okay, okay. So then Jacob had this group run. It was like a seven or eight-mile run, and mm-hmm. I was like... I'll give it a go. I think I ran like eight minute miles. Um, <clears throat> I, I maybe before this I had started running like a mile out and back. Yeah, sure. I, I didn't just start just with six. Minutes, right. Sort of easing, six miles, doing I the yeah, thing. I, I used, yeah, yeah, and and honestly, I did. I knew every a couple times I got sober, I would go try and like do track workouts because I loved it. I always loved track. Yeah, yeah. Um, I never admitted it when I was young because it was like <laughs> kind of nerdy and like yeah. I was so skinny and I was embarrassed of being skinny. But like I kind of knew in the back of my mind, I was like, man, I'm I'm decent at it. It's it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. It's hard work. I wanted one. I knew. I think throughout all of it, I knew one day I would get back to running. Okay. Um, so anyway, <clears throat> I set out to run a five minute mile. I I went down to the running store, <clears throat> which was I was like just googling. I need some running shoes. Mm. Um, I went and got an Apple Watch. This was December, um, like three and a half years ago. Okay. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so twenty
0: seventeen, right? Eighteen, yeah, seventeen,
2: somewhere in that. Yeah, yeah. twenty seventeen. Um, I went into this running store, it was called the Loop Running Supply, and I met mm-hmm. Pam and Ryan. The place. <clears throat> yeah. And they introduced me to Gilbert and Gilbert's gazelles. I started with them the next day. I went to yeah. the evening groups and it was hot and miserable and yes. I quickly like <clears throat> got a little faster and he's like, dude, you gotta come to the morning group at five thirty. I'm like, You're out of your damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> um I had no idea at the it's time. so but like, early. That is like, yeah, I wake up at 4.15 every day. Or wow. 3.45 on Wednesdays and Saturdays. T- today. I didn't do. wake up at 3.45 today because I was up late last night yeah. running. <laughs> nice. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I joined Gilbert's Gazelles. I did that for a year. I ran a marathon. Um, it was a decent marathon, and from there I got a coach and then ran a half marathon and ran a great half marathon, and then yeah. from there I just kind of just have, have been kept at it, yeah.
0: getting and you've gotten fa- like have you just like, kept yeah. getting faster and faster <laughs> yeah i i have yes every
2: race i've run almost almost um, on the dot I, ra- I ran i ran a half marathon then 6 months later i ran a marathon at mm-hmm. my half marathon pace wow. i ran another half marathon i ran another marathon at that half marathon pace Jeez. and then i ran a, f- a pretty fast i've run the same time um, I took a few months off last okay. winter. I was a little burnt mm-hmm. out last summer. I yeah. did a track season, which I'd never done before. I did like track specific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked on the uh, the mile and the five k. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but after that, I uh, I took a couple months off. Took two mm-hmm. months off. I started running again, I've been running for maybe a month and I ran another half marathon, ran the same time. I've run this time like three different times. Um, <laughs> Which and what is
0: the time? You can say w- it's it. one hundred seven. So uh, it's one oh
2: seven. And um, <laughs> I am going into this marathon and my goal is to run one oh seven through half. And, oh,
0: geez. Uh, yeah. Which would, would two fourteen qualify for Olympic trials? Uh, two nineteen qualify. Two nineteen qualify. Yeah. yeah, and for Which the half one hundred and two is what we get. Uh, one hundred and three and change. So under
2: one hundred
0: and four. Okay. Right? Um, so I, at this point, just to clarify, I I know you came in and you didn't want us to call you a professional runner, but you are elite. Like it is.
2: I. We can am, say you're
0: elite. For the most part, yes, I'm elite.
2: I, um, in and, it's kind of like a like I guess. We'll look at like at the Chicago Marathon. I'm mm-hmm. not elite. Okay. I'm I'm in the sub elite category, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like the like it's called the athlete development program. It's like the people mm-hmm. trying to make it into elite fields. Mm-hmm. But like any other marathon, like yeah. yeah, I'm I'm elite at at this marathon in Michigan. They sure. fly you out there and they yeah. pay for your hotel and they yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's kind of like there are some really sure. fast dudes out yeah. there.
1: Yeah.
2: Um But yeah, and hopefully my goal has been and it was for this last Olympic cycle was to qualify for the trials mm-hmm. um, I was very close I think I ran out of time I, I tried my attempt in December mm-hmm. which the was the cutoff, mm-hmm. um, because the trials were in February yeah. and uh, I didn't make it but I ran uh, almost a 12 minute personal record wow sorry wow. a 12 minute PR it's, a, it's hard to make that big of a jump um, yeah I was fit. The marathon went great. Yeah. It was it was like I was flying through the whole thing. It never really hurt until the end, just like it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, and it went great. And I ran. I ran two twenty three oh eight, and um, I went out and tried to do it again a month later, and just crash and burned because yeah, I just, just at was that point, like, yeah, yeah, you know. And I was like, you know, why not? Give it a shot. Sure. But um, I have I did speed all last summer, so I've got that. So last night I went out and ran. Um, a so i'm in the middle of a marathon block i'm running yeah. 100 miles 110 miles a week mm-hmm. um i am doing 20 plus miles on saturday and then anywhere from like 15 to and this are workouts 20 yeah. anywhere from like 15 to 18 on wednesdays and then i run in the morning and i run at night um pretty much every day yeah. easy runs um I went out, I'm sorry, so my point, I, I did speed last summer. I went out last night um, to run in the Zoka Relays, which was so much fun. <clears throat> and i'm running with these kids that just gra- graduated college on my team and i'm like <clears throat> i'm like these guys are fast like yeah. they're kids you know they've got the
0: the pep in their step they're and young was, they're spry
2: yeah and i was like well i think i can run for you know i told them a while back when i was trying mm-hmm. to get on the team i was like i can run for 40s i can run 440 pace no problem like yeah. don't worry about it and then like it's leading up to it i'm like man my legs are tired all the time <laughs> i'm hoping i can run 450s, yeah. 50s 455 and so i went out I, my first mile was 435 then i think 441 and then I closed the last half mile in, like, 4.35 Yeah. So I averaged averaged 4.38, um, surprised myself, because in the middle of a marathon block where my legs are just... That's the point of it, it's just, like, exhausting the legs and doing workouts on tired legs.
0: Yep. Um, And you're also waiting tables. Right. you're you're on your feet, feet, like, like, all day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting tables. Where are you you waiting right now? Do you want to shout it out? Joanne's on... uh, Joanne's Fine Foods. Joanne's Fine Fine Foods. Foods. All right. Honestly, and it's my... It's my old manager yeah. from Shady Grove, who I oh, love right. more than anything. Love and that. then our director of service for, like, four or five of the restaurants mm. um, that MMH owns is our old G- is my old GM, who is okay. also... And these two people have been involved, in- and honestly, and I tell them that I don't think I could have gotten sober, stayed sober without them, because they right. were so... They were just always there. I saw them every day, because I worked at Shady Grove with yeah. them and yeah. saw them every day. And it was Shady Grove was, like... Um, it was a very special place, yeah. Especially for me, mm-hmm. it was a special place. But for me, it has a special place in my heart. Because I got sober and stayed yeah. sober, yeah. and worked there for. Like, and those
0: people were part of that yeah, journey. They absolutely. When well. well, there's yeah. like, if you've never worked in the restaurant industry, that you don't know. But the people who work there and, and the the function of those teams is very special, just in general. Especially if you have a good one. Uh, it's it's an experience. And the I'm good like ones are rare. They're like, rare. Yeah, but it's, it, it's rare to yeah. hear someone say, "I love my GM." Yeah, <laughs> my I love. And I again, I love it's them. it's cliche, but you become family. They call right. it family meal. Like sure. it's it's a whole thing. One hundred percent, it's true. And it, I'm I just love to hear that they've supported you and that that's oh, part yeah. of. Mm-hmm. And
2: I'm loyal to them. I would do anything for them. Yeah. yeah. Um. So anyway, I'm, I'm at Joanne's Fine Foods, and our GM is my old manager at mm-hmm. Shady Grove, and she's awesome. I would do anything for her. Um, and I wasn't quite sure about it at first, but I, I'm, I've really grown to love it there. Nice. Um, but, man, I'm on my feet all day,
0: and it is just yeah, brutal. Yeah. 20
2: miles in the morning, 20-plus miles in the morning, and then at 3 o'clock I go into work, and
0: I'm on my feet until midnight or later. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And brutal. you're waking up at 4.15 in the yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I know recovery is a huge aspect of any athlete's life, so as you are doing these long shifts and you're running 20 miles a day and all those things, do you feel like being on your feet is... Impeding recovery, or yes. is it? Create- it's okay, horrible. Yeah. It's probably. <laughs> I am literally working
2: the worst job that someone tries to run faster. Sure. I was work. curious. I was like, yeah. is, "Is it and like still running faster?" Yeah. I just right. want to point that. I have. Um, out. I'm a month out from this marathon. I right. have told them I can only work two days a week, just right. until yeah. this marathon, because I really need to just focus on recovery right now. We got to get you one of those little scooters. Yeah, scooters yeah. <laughs> yeah, something. What would something you like that, today? or like a one-wheeler. Or something <laughs> yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Uh, heelys. 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 Anything. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, recovery has been hard, but I do it when I can. I, um, this is kind of like my last ditch effort of like, do I have what it takes to be
1: mm-hmm.
2: elite, professional, whatever? Um, I have given my, and I've done, I've actually got to experience a lot of training with professional runners. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My ex-girlfriend, I have another really good friend and some other people who are Olympians. Well, no, no, no. no. I'm talking about, yeah, David, David, of course, he's great. But I went to Park City and trained with some of the, with, um, a couple Olympians. One of the girls was a three-time Olympian. Mm -hmm. Um, the other girl just was an Olympian this last go around mm-hmm. and, and another one is the third best marathoner in the United States ever. Sure. Um, so I, I trained with them. I got to see what they do. Mm-hmm. I got to, and, and it is all about recovery. It's yeah. run, recover, eat, recover. run <laughs> recover. It's lit. And so yeah. I have, I have, um, put everything else on the back burner. So I wake up, I run, I rest and I work when I have to, to get by mm-hmm. and I rest and I run. Yeah. I don't I don't stay up past eight thirty. Yeah. Maybe nine o'clock when I can. Sometimes I work late. But other right. than that, yeah. I go to bed at eight or eight thirty and I wake up at four fifteen every day mm-hmm. and I run and then I rest and I lift. I've mm-hmm. also incorporated lifting into my routine. I think it's made the biggest difference almost of anything. Yeah. The lifting has. Um which I kind of learned from professional runners that they <laughs> sure. I, I I got it I got into running, I was like, No, runners don't lift. It's like skinnier is right. better. But like like no, you got in order to prevent injury and like just keep that form from breaking down right. when yeah. you're really tired, like heavy squats, heavy deadlifts, um right. are so important. Yeah. But uh yeah, I am I have given up any everything like I've told my friends that invited me over for to use this new pizza oven that like sure. No, I, I I I'm gonna rest. I'm yeah. gonna stay home mm-hmm. and I'm gonna watch T V and I'm gonna eat my 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 pre-prepared yeah. yeah my my boring pre-race meal so that i know on race day that it's going right. to settle right in my stomach and i have done this for a, a long time now yep. and um i mean it's been months and i'm i'm excited because i'm really if this race doesn't go well it's not because of something i did it, right. i have done everything right
0: to run fast mm-hmm. well obviously we're pulling for you we're free. Oh, <laughs> free yeah yeah <laughs> oh, i'm so excited um and like as far so is this the last effort as far as for the marathon this focus or is there a party that's like maybe one more is there a party that's tempted to like not have a job somehow find a way to like for 3 months do a block where all it is is run rest recover run or is it like if i could have the means to do that then yeah absolutely yeah but for sure but i
2: just you know and it's more of like the like social life sacrifice sure. right mm-hmm. now yeah um I'm very motivated and I love what I'm doing. I wouldn't trade it. But, like, you know, I want to, like, you know, have a girl. I don't have a girlfriend because yeah. who wants to date a guy that goes to bed at 8 p.m. and right. wakes up at 4.15 and <laughs> then in the middle sits at home?
0: Yeah. And- yeah. It's maybe a little cranky sometimes. Yeah, yeah maybe. Like, tired. But, right. like,
2: I've given that, you know, I've given that up, and I've given, like, you can't meet someone that way. Yeah, you can't, yeah. you know. Unless they're also a runner. Right, yeah, right. which is true, which is absolutely mm-hmm. true. And that would be great, because I've dated some runners, and it's always, like, Works out hit it well. off. Yet. Yeah. Um, having a common interest. They say opposite
0: track. I think people that have the same interests are. Yeah, prevalent. you can maybe be different personality-wise. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. but Yeah, good point. Yeah, like, my wife runs. Yeah, like, yeah, well, almost more than I do, and I think that's part of why we yeah, you know, of course, right? yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And yet, she's still slower. <laughs> yeah, cut that out. Um, <laughs> I, I will. Jeez, <laughs> now I'm laughing too much. What made you decide? You know, in the midst of getting faster, doing half marathon, marathon, mm-hmm. half marathon, what made you decide to do a track season? I, I just thought that was an interesting. Because
2: man, the track runners get all the glory. Who does
0: <gasps> <laughs> You know, okay. Yeah. This is. I was talking about this with a
2: friend yesterday. Everyone would love to run the 100-meter dash. Oh, yeah. That's but true. If that, dude, that's if you can't do that, like, If you can't do that, you move up to the 400. If you can't do that, you move up to the 800. Right. <laughs> at this point, I'm up with the marathon. Right. <laughs> How much would I love to just be an 800-meter right. runner yeah. or a 1,500-meter yeah. runner? The just get race. it over with. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, just like yeah. such a cool race. Yeah, it um, is, yeah. But I did it because I I had a goal of wanting to break five minutes in the mile. Then I, I did that. Then I broke... Um, I ran four thirty eight in the mile, and then I just more recently ran four fifteen in the mile, and, uh, and I have a plan of going back and breaking four ten. I actually yeah. that was my goal was to break four ten this last time around. I didn't do it. I <clears throat> I kind of I, I maybe could have done it the day that I tried the second I, I've run four fifteen twice. Um, I maybe could have done it that day, but I went out very, very fast and just my just paid for la- it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My last lap was like a jog. It was so, <laughs> so painful. Still ran. That's what still ran four fifteen. So yeah. that's how fast I went out. Jeez, <laughs> I'm jogging. In. And when but, you're going um, that
0: fast, and I'm asking because I can't go that fast. Well, and he's the runner. I <laughs> I uh, aspire to run one day. Baby. His little his little knees start oh, to Well, hurt That's what tight. it started with me, man. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah. got to
2: aspire to run one day. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: is it the lungs that give out first, or the legs? The legs. Just they the yes. they seize you can't even. Yeah, the lactic acid. You can't just... You're
2: pumping your arms as fast as you can, and your legs don't <laughs> your keep legs up. Are just, they're yeah. like, no, yeah. dude, yeah. Just slugging no. along, yeah.
0: It's battery oh, acid down here. It we it can't is, do anything. Yeah, yeah, it's brutal. And um, we are a Texas podcast, so I, I want to ask about this part in particular. You were in Austin, embedded mm-hmm. in the running community here with The Loop. Great people, awesome people. But... In the pandemic, you went to New York thinking, I'm going to be there for the rest of my life. I did. Right. What 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 motivated the move to New York and getting out of Texas? I I went to New
2: York, um, was going to live there forever, I decided, until it got to be, it was like uh, October, it started getting rainy and cold and... I was like, cannot handle this. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot handle this rain well, and this not mist it's super and
0: conducive to, like, a heavy running lifestyle, really. Well, no, right? you
2: know, it is. There's a huge... And that was one of my big draws, too. Okay. There's, there's a huge running community. I mean, think about it. If there's 7 million people in mm-hmm. this concentrated of an area, there's going to be heavy running groups, heavy... You know, everything, yeah. there's everything there. Yeah. But there is a really cool running scene there. They have, like... They're just, like, the, <clears throat> the, um, the model... People for like cool running clubs, nice. yeah. Um gotcha. And that was one of the big reasons okay. I went out there. I went out there to get out of the heat with my ex girlfriend who was a prof- who is a professional runner. Um, she's also from New York, but she she lived in New York City before, so she knows it really well. It was it was honestly coolest. Time. I love I love New York, um, mm-hmm. but it got rainy and cold, and I have two dogs. I had just yeah. I had a I had a five month or a four month old puppy there. Mm-hmm. Actually, no. I was in New York, flew back to Dallas to pick up this two-month-old puppy, flew back to New York. So I'm raising this Aww. tiny little puppy in the streets of New Gorgeous York. Gorgeous little puppy, by the way. Yeah, she's 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 a little handful, but she is cute. That's why she's still around. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, the dogs. It was very hard with the dogs. I mean, mm-hmm. we're on a fourth-floor walk-up, yeah, and yeah. I'm taking them out, and it's raining, and the streets are dirty. Dirty, yeah. And the dogs get dirty. There's, you know, if... Maybe without the dogs, it'd have been a different story, but okay. it was very hard, and then it got cold, and I'm like, I still got to take
0: these dogs out, and the rain raining yeah. cold, and
2: it's just different here.
0: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, so cold, you decided to go to Colorado. I, well, that, right? I, was gonna, I was about to get to that. I was about to get to
2: that. It was cold. Um, I was like, I'm out of here, but yeah, I, went, I was going to go check out Boulder yeah. for a month. I stayed a little over a month and um, got an opportunity from a, a great friend that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Um, in Dallas, he was. He's lived in Colorado for a long time. He's like, he's a fly fishing tour guide. He's like, I want to go to the coast so I can fish year round. Yeah. It's like do you and our my other friend, who is now like who is one of my best friends as well. Do you all two want to rent my house in Vale? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah. Yes, yes please for <laughs> sure. So I said, running can wait. I want to spend a season snowboarding okay. every day. And that's what I did. I got that's a job awesome. working at the resort. I got a free um, season pass all to the all the mountains. Yeah, all the perks, everything. So we spent the winter hitting up all the mountains along mm-hmm, I 70. Um, and it was a great experience. I would never I give it awesome. up. That's awesome. So fantastic. then at this point, I'm like, well, okay, so New York, I, I thought I was going to be there forever colorado i thought i was gonna be there forever <laughs> and then i was like, running the
0: summer skiing the winter yeah exactly yeah, then, yeah. but
2: then i and then i got back to like cross training i was like man i really miss i i, I love texas and i love wow. austin austin especially
0: yeah
2: um austin is a special place everywhere i've gone around i've got, i went to um california for mm-hmm. a little while i went to i even went to well i think hawaii would i think i'd love it there but yeah. i went around looking for places that i wanted to live other than yeah austin and every single time, I could not find something I like more. Wow, it's Which, hard to beat. Yeah, it really is. It's it's a great place, Austin. Yeah, you know what? It's like the people mm-hmm. and the culture and the food and like the brotherhood and the community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just home for sure. Austin for is sure. home. Yeah, Absolutely. Austin will be home. I may take some sabbaticals, sure. you know, mm-hmm. for a month or two, but I will come back to Austin. I've, yeah. I've decided. And no, I know in my heart this is where I need to be.
0: Yeah. That's, and was it just, when you would go to these other places, the boulders, California, you would have fun and like it, but was it just, like, that community it and wasn't the friendliness? It. No, correct. It just, correct. Yeah, it just wasn't. It just, And I compare everything to it,
2: and there's mm-hmm. no better place. You wonder why people are moving here from everywhere.
0: Right. Because it's, it's the best. Yeah. It's the best place. Well, we, we actually just talked to a guy yeah. downstairs from Minnesota and I've heard this across the board from all these transplants mm-hmm. um, which we love you keep coming well, yeah keep coming all about it we'll take all you all, yeah. Bring, yeah. Your, bring your business bring I'm your money you on the, bring, your, yeah. bring your politics I we, love we, meeting
2: new people love we, it yeah
0: but he said like everybody here is just so welcoming yeah. and friendly yeah. and everyone's like come over and check out this pizza oven we just got, Mm. or come to Barton Springs and check out Barton.
2: It's so true. And it's so, I
0: love when I hear people talk about this city and this state and their experience of, as soon as I showed up, yeah, yeah. P- people wanted me to come hang out and right. that's I love that that's unique to hear
2: and yeah I think I think you you take it for granted and you kind of forget about it mm-hmm. but I'm on the phone with my airpods with my ex-girlfriend she's in London right now okay um, we talk about training we talk yeah. about running you know, we are still friends yeah, we, yeah we are so, we right. are great friends um and I'm walking the dog, and like three people have come up and said, "Oh, hey, you know, good morning." And she's like, "Man, I really miss Texas. Yeah. Like, no one does that here. No one <laughs> yeah. does that in New York. No, Colorado not, people are nice, New York, yeah. but you know, not like here. You know, yeah. these people go like in my neighborhood. You know, I don't know these. I mm-hmm. I maybe say hi to them before, but like yeah. most of them, I've never seen. And they all say hi, and they uh-huh. all say good morning, and they yeah. all like pet the dog, we'll pet you? each other's yeah. dog. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's so great. And she's like, man." I we don't get that here at all. Like I miss that about, yeah, Texas. about it's, Texas. It's so
0: weird, man. If you've ever called Texas home, whether you're from here or you, you know, move here, I feel like any time you travel abroad or, or you are somewhere else, there's that part of you that's like, Well, this isn't Texas. Like you, you just know somewhere in your body, your body knows. Yeah. Yeah. And like I'm not home. And that I mean, even the way we met was pretty Texan because yeah. You've been kind over the past – I found you through – didn't you run a mile with Nick Bear yeah, yeah, in his mile man. video where did, everyone yes. crapped on him for sitting in the middle of the road when he was done? <laughs> yeah, 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 I did do that. But that yeah. that's how I discovered you and your story and, I mean, the hair and uh-huh. the look. I was yeah. like, this guy's awesome. <laughs> I, if I ever meet we him – got to talk to this guy. Yeah. Well, when we started this podcast, yeah. you were one of the first people in my head nice. that I just – we had never met, but I had followed you and thought, I would love to meet this guy, but mm. also share his story and yeah, share his yeah. personality, highlight who he is, and met reached out a few times, and you were always really kind, like, yeah, let's do it, would love that. And I ran into you, yeah, yeah. literally, like we ran yeah. into each other on the pedestrian bridge at uh, Lamar Bridge, you had mm-hmm. your AirPods in, and you were so kind when I was like, Mitch, yeah, take out your AirPods, you're in the middle of training, and you still took the time to like,
2: Oh, yeah, Recognize course. who I was as yeah, the yeah, dude yeah.
0: that kept messaging you on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah Right. 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 Um, and you were so friendly and so kind. I think that's a very Texan it's thing. Texas. Yeah, like, Texas, yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. What's up? And, hey, the, and
2: the guy that was walking next to us probably would have done the same yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the
0: guy, if we were, like, at a tailgate, the guy walking next to us probably would have just interjected the conversation, yeah. and we yeah. would have yeah. been friends and forever were, yeah, right yeah. after that. Awesome. Well, Mitch... Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, Definitely know that we'll you got to go to bed guys. in like three hours. Yeah, I sure yeah. do. It's uh, right a <laughs> We have 43. <laughs> yeah. One last question for you while I get out of here. And yeah. we ask all of our guests this What does it mean to you to be Texan? Oh, man. So I was kind of thinking about this, and
2: um, I just, just kind of. Uh, Everywhere I go, I take my Texas pride with me, first of all. <laughs> they hated me at the University of Arkansas for that. Whoopig. They loved me in yeah. New York for it. They, oh, the, the girls in New York love a Texas boy. I'll tell you that. <laughs> they, Checking love flights right te- now. Yeah. they love a Texas boy. Okay. Um, what does it mean to be Texan? Um, I think the biggest thing to me is that we have a community, we are a community, that will all, you know, the things, the disasters in Houston, like Mm -hmm. the, everything that happens, Texans come together, Mm -hmm. and I am a part of that, and I love to be a part of that, and I love to be, um, I love to be a Texan, and you know, I think that the, the, everywhere I go, I take it with me, um, and it's the hard work, and the work ethic, and the friendliness Mm -hmm. that I think makes us Texans, yeah.
0: I love it's it. The best answer we've ever gotten. Sweet. <laughs> so, Chicago Marathon. Chicago Marathon. We're three weeks out or four weeks out? Four weeks out from. Tomorrow. Four weeks out. Where can we follow you on Instagram and everything? At Mitch Ammons. I'm At like, Mitch yeah. Ammons. At Mitch Ammons. Hit him up. We're all rooting for you. I think you're going to have a great race. You've yeah. done the hard work. We'll and yeah, man, look thanks for so the, much. Look
2: for the Mohawk Mullet.
0: Yes. Uh, bet, again, you can't see him. Best hair. Best, Best the runner hair in the Mohawk game. Mohawk Mullet. It took a oh, long Mohawk time. Mohawk Mullet. I think um, I'm it. Uh, I like it. it. But Mitch, yeah. thanks so much for taking yeah, the time to meet me. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mitch. Bye, y'all. All right, thank you so much again Mitch, to Mitch. Mitch, you are a rock star. <laughs> Mitch, That was amazing. Mitch could be a rock star. Like, honestly, it, when he walked in with the haircut and just, like, his the, whole demeanor... Don't you hate it when males specifically have perfect earrings? yeah there's something about the guy who can pull, who off, can pull an off, an off the hearing. yeah but yeah he Mitch just walks in here cut off jean shorts mm-hmm. white t-shirt backwards yeah. hat sunglasses on the head yeah and i just think you could be a celebrity <laughs> you could, be, you be, a could celebrity. be a surfer you yeah. could be whatever you want to be exactly. Really. so yeah i'm just jealous of how he looks just a force of pro- like honestly <laughs> he he's got that thing he's got that x factor uh and that was that was one of my favorite interviews so far that was really fun man so we really appreciated that Unfortunately, he hadn't had a run-in mm, that's true. with our dear friend. Well, you know, because he's running. he's running. So he had had so a yeah. run-in. <laughs> I mean, though, you know runners and cyclists, they don't mix. They don't mix very well. So, you know, uh, Runners are out there shirtless with yeah, little shorts yeah. on, cyclists, mm-hmm. as we noted for our not-sponsors last week. Right they're they looking like sleek. suspenders yeah you know colors popping a little bit yeah, a little yeah. bit of a pooch a little bit, i mean there's the runner pooch but then there's the, the cyclist beer right. gut <laughs> well it's not it what it, it allows you to rest you're, while right. you're bench yeah, over. yeah it just gives you something It just to, gives you to like <laughs> yeah yeah it takes the pressure off your lumbar spot <laughs> but anyway, anyway i was i oh, was d- ra- i was riding my bike you ride your bike i was riding my bike the other day right trying to be a cyclist let's mm-hmm. face it they look cool i'm trying to look cool I'm out there pedaling, and I'm really giving it my all. Mm-hmm. And I see this yellow blur just whisk past me, just, <laughs> and then I hear mm. laughter. Yeah. And then up in front of me, I see the blur turn around and slow down, and what's coming toward me? But Lance Armstrong, mm. up to no good as sneaky usual, sneaky Lance, on a unicycle, <gasps> just unicycling away. <laughs> And he's about to go past me, and he just goes, one ball, one bicycle. <laughs> one ball, one, one bicycle. Bike. Technically, unicycle, but he was just being a goof. Oh, Lance. Oh, Lance. He's incorrigible, you know? He really is. So it, if you guys are out there, if you see yellow blur, if you see a yellow, a yellow blur, if you guys are interacting with anything spherical, be on the lookout. Look out he's for he's him. a bit of a wise guy. Yeah, he's uh, he's been sneaky lately. Yeah, so yeah. sometimes he's nice, sometimes he's really mean. <laughs> so be careful if you see a wild Lance. But if you see Lance Armstrong out there, yeah. send us that interaction. We want to hear we from you. We want to hear about it. We want to hear about your Lance sightings. But yeah, I had a Lance sighting just Lance last sighting, week. He was on his unicycle just. Plucking away. He must listen to the podcast because he's getting crazier. He's getting a lot crazier. He's getting as a lot time bolder goes on with his with his moves. He's getting a little bit more animated. <laughs> a little bit. Just slightly. <laughs> all right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Keep listening. Keep downloading. Keep sharing. Do that even more. We want to keep doing this. Absolutely. We want you to keep listening. We got a lot of fun stuff in store. We got to spread the word of Texas as far as possible. As far as the reaches of we Texas gotta will go. got to make those people in Oklahoma more jealous. <laughs> and those people in Louisiana. And Louisiana. And New Mexico. And New, Me- well, New well, Mexico is well, like... I mean... Yeah, yeah. They barely know that there's other states. Right? So... They've got enough to worry about. They've got enough to worry about. But really, if you've listened to this point, thank you so much. Go give us a follow on Instagram. We're posting a lot more content there, making a few videos, some sketches. And that's texish underscore pod at texish underscore pod dm us your lance sightings or your texas badasses or your days in texas history we're wrong a lot we are wrong so much as they've pointed out and as much as i appreciate it when you tell me to my face i want it i want it in writing i want it in writing so that i can read it on the podcast and so i can also share it with everyone else oh yeah so that you look good and i look bad you're funny lol so anyway like we follow love you subscribe so we love y'all thank you thank you bye, bye y'all, y'all.